Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Hancock International Endurance Series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome along to the first European championship race for the uh, Hancock 24-hour series for GT and TCE. Uh, We're live around the world on RS1 and going live in sound and vision right now as we're trackside at a beautiful afternoon here in Tuscany at Mugello. Part one of the first European Championship race is getting ready to get underway. Not without one or two problems and we'll bring you up to date with that in just a few moments' time with our team here in Italy. It's the 24-hour GT and 24-hour TCE series and we are ready to go racing in Europe for the first time in 2019. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm John Hindoff. The Radio Show Limited team are here in force this weekend as we have a three plus nine hour, 12 hour of Mugello competition uh, for this Hancock powered championship. We could not have any better surroundings to do it in. The weather's played its part as well. We did have a bit of a problem earlier on with the track breaking up and that's knocked everything back just a little bit. The surroundings here are absolutely superb. Provincial Italy at its very, very best in the Autodromo to Michello is nestled in a natural amphitheatre. Well known, of course, for motorcycle racing here and the fast-flowing nature of the circuit suits the two wheels very well, but has also shown its worth in the last couple of three years in this endurance racing series as well. We weren't here last year because the track was being uh, resurfaced at this time of the year. So we've put it back on the calendar this year because we all enjoyed coming here so very much indeed. Dubai is now but a memory in the early part of January. Uh, the 29th and 30th of March, that's this weekend, and we're here at Mugello for both TCE and GTE. And you'll notice that they run right through the whole of the calendar. They are locked together this weekend. We'll head to uh, Spa in Belgium in April and then in May it's off to the Czech Republic back on the calendar again for 12 hours at Brno. First of the European 24-hour races is at Portimao down to the south of Portugal and the Algarve circuit and then one of my favourite events of all time it's just got a great atmosphere end of August beginning of September the locals turn out in force but bizarrely not till 10 o'clock at night after they've all had their Saturday night dinner the 24 hours of Buck Barcelona at the Circuit de Catalunya. And then, of course, we're off on our travels again, dust off the passports as we head to the 24 hours of quarter on the 15th to the 17th of November. I've been absolutely blown away by this circuit, by the weather. I have to sit in a commentary box. I don't get to experience quite as much as Nick Damon. He's down on the grid. John, good evening. I thought, what shall I do? I know, I'll do a grid walk about the grid. Now, come here, Seb, because this is very exciting. Now, 
Look at this. This is the hallowed pole position spot for motorcycle racing. Mark Marquez, Valentino Rossi, Jorge Lorenzo have all sat on there. Now, obviously, one of the things you have to do is a weather report. And as you can see from the, this young lady's hair, it's very windy at the moment. Uh, we had a couple of burly Creventic boys actually holding up the pole position uh, sign. Now, also, talking about our grid assistants, if you are on the left-hand side, as the uh, 3, 5 and 7 boards are, fantastic, in the sun... Over here, the poor ladies are a bit chillier. And certainly, I think the, uh, the lady holding birds, uh, um, board six probably regrets her choice of outfit. Perhaps wants something over the cover of the shoulders. Uh, let's see if we can grab a quick word with uh, Peter Fry. He's been the uh, centre of all this fun. Uh, as the, yep, we have the cars rolling onto the grid. Peter, it's been a difficult day. Yeah, we had some struggles uh, during the day. Yeah, the, the track was a little bit damaged and that caused a delay. So that's why we're also now later than, uh, than the plan was. And the damage, was it, had it broken a drain or had a drain collapsed? What had happened? Um, it was something on the side of the track and it was, they could repair it, but it was very uh, important that not all the teams were dri driving over that point. So, yeah, they informed. Am, am I right? They're going to do some more repairs to the same place overnight? Yeah, for sure. To make it very good, yes. Now, the good news, John, is I can hear cars. That means cars have come round to me. Not very long, but to get round to me, John, they have to do a lap of Mugello circuit. Can you talk us round it, please? Oh, if I must, Nick. There's the circuit diagram on the start-finish line. Uh, this is a track that has a brilliant compromise in terms of setup requirements because there's a 1.142-kilometre main straight. There's about a half a kilometre middle straight. There's some very, very slow hairpin corners that seem to go on forever. More than 180 degrees, a couple of them, where you need a lot of mechanical grip. And there's some insanely quick sweepers and entrances to corners, particularly down at Arbiata 1 and 2, which is where they had the track problems. The good news is that we have got cars out on the circuit. Track limits are being watched. We had a few... Uh, transgressions in qualifying which made, made sometimes were taken away and it will be being watched in this first three hour segment as the cars will come round at reduced speed uh, the top of the hill at turn three effectively which is uh, Borgo San Lorenzo a lot of the corners actually are named out after local towns and villages um, first corner is Santonato, which is a local town uh, by the way Poggio Seco means dry hillock um, and, but there is a, a Poggio Seco as a little village not so far away down the road also um, we've got the town of uh, Palagio that's turn 11 but my favourite is definitely Arabriata 1 and 2. Um, it means angry or mad or enraged or I particularly like infuriated because it is a corner that you absolutely have to nail. Double right-hander, downhill to the first part of it, uphill to the second part and it is super committed part of the track that you have to really get right. 15 corners around this circuit, uh, a mixture of left and right but there are uh, more rights than there are left, it being a clockwise circuit. Although, interestingly, the final corner is the long left-hander uh, at turn 15 that runs onto that uh, 1.141 metre, uh, kilometre strength. 
So, the track itself then uh, has been around for quite some time, the Michello International Circuit. Straight across the start-finish line, the GT3 cars break so late it would pop your eyeballs out through turn one. Stay at the right-hand side and then cut across through turn two and three. I'm not calling that a chicane, it's a fat, fast S's. Up to fourth, maybe just snatching fifth before down to third, still doing over 120 kilometers an hour through four and five. Through Casanova at six, stay on the right-hand side of the road to come back for seven. Then Arabiata at one is eight, 162 miles an hour, well over that as you go through nine. 10 and 11, down to 110 kilometers an hour. And then set yourself up for turn 12, which is tricky. Patience required. Again, you've got to drag yourself back to the right-hand side of the road to set yourself up for 13 and 14. And then it's another waiting game at 15 to get you back onto the start and finish to run down to finish the lap of Mugello International Circuit. 5.2 kilometres, just over three and a bit miles. We've got some cars. And Nick Damon is delighted because <laughs> he's... The highlight of any Creventic <laughs> Hankook-powered weekend is Nick Dearman on the pits, on the pit straight, talking to people. And so here's Nick's pre-race preamble as he ambles up the pits. Well, I've ambled as far as pole. I've ambled to Tom Onslow Cole. <laughs> uh, we didn't get a chance to have a good chat with you, Tom, after qualifying. Um, have you discovered why you're 0.7 fast than everyone else? Did you cheat? <laughs> uh, not that we know of uh, yeah no, no cheating uh, oddly that was a kind of an evil laugh you did then it was like you're going to stroke a cat or something so you're just that good are you well it's, that's, you don't want to say that but uh, maybe <laughs> uh, I, I really think uh, we just got everything right it's quite tricky here with, uh, with traffic especially it's very hard to pass there's no um, there's no extra space, you know, the, the grey areas beyond the white line, everything is green and grass here, so it's tricky to get round traffic. And um, we had a fairly smooth run, I got a, a couple of clear, clearish laps and, and got the tyre in also. It's always important with, with this handcook when we, when we have to start it from cold. Tim Muller starting the race, normally you know, the fast pro starts, keeps out of trouble. Why the choice of Tim? Hey, you don't know that that's not the case. Have you seen this guy drive? <laughs> I guess you might be a tad swifter. Uh, yeah, we want to get Tim, uh, Tim in the car and, and give him a good, uh, good solid start to the race and um, start ticking down these hours, really. Um, as we all know, with these split races, you know, today is uh, almost a qualification race for tomorrow and um, we're, we're managing that. Thank you, indeed. And Tom's quite right. Of course, it's three hours of the race. Point is to be still on the lead lap because you'll obviously uh, all. Uh, Joseph Corral. Joseph, um, weird day so far. Happy with the qualifying of the Scuderia Praha number 11 Ferrari, the reigning from two years ago champions. <laughs> well, I think it's not bad. We're still pretty close, as you can see. It's not far away. <coughs> And the race is long, which is as always, so we need to survive not only first few laps, but really the distance of 12 hours, which is uh, still half of 24 hours race. You're obviously big regulars at Creventi, but normally you're the only Ferrari. There's six of you this time. Does that affect the way you approach the race at all? Well, it was a pretty big surprise when I saw the entry list. 
But at the moment, uh, we are pretty happy with the pace because we are the fastest Ferrari at the moment, which is important for us to have the benchmark, let's say, and to set the benchmark for the Ferraris. So it's great. We hope that it stays like it is, but it's great. You know, we have a bigger crowd, let's say, <laughs> with, the, with the Ferrari cars. Thanks, Joseph. Joseph, currently that car starts third in second place. Uh, a bit of a surprise in some ways, but another Mercedes. It's the number 10. It's the Hoffa racing machine. Uh, Christian Frankenhoek is about to... Th- no, got- you know, I'm going to ask a driver we haven't spoken to very much. It's Alexander Prince. Alexander, the new boy at Hoffa with a bigger job to do because your, your wife's off doing her learning, which means that you and Michael have to do a lot more of the driving. Uh, yes, this will be uh, the big job this weekend for us. Um, yeah, sadly my, my wife cannot be here, but uh, we hope to do the best. Yeah. Uh, were you surprised that Christian put it on the front row? Um, not really. Uh, we expected it a little bit. Um, yeah, like always, we hope that he he's doing the best job. Uh, and, and with P2, he was uh, it was a perfect lap. Yeah, so um, it was the best he, he could do. This is your first time at Mugello? Yes, my first time. And your thoughts? Uh, it's amazing. It's a really amazing racetrack. Uh, it's just pure fun, especially with uh, with the whole team and the car. It's it's unbelievable. It's just uh, yeah, amazing. Alex, thank you very much. There's a man who's certainly got it all. Um, right, so we go in fourth place. It's the 88 car, which is the Parhofer Breukers um, Audi. This is the car which won at Dubai. Not sure who's starting that. And I can't see Rick at the moment, so we'll uh, meander on. It's not all about the guys at the front. Uh, two Lamborghinis in fifth and sixth. You've got the uh, Amsters Keen and Kajula 77. It's off a green. Look at it. That's kind of a virulent yellow, and the other one's virulent green. Apparently, the one thing you need to have is a virulent colour. Let's have a quick word with... Uh, with, with uh, <laughs> um, fifth... No, yes, fifth place. Oh, I've been, I've been pointed off to uh, Patrick Ajala. Uh Fifth place start, happy with that? Yeah, the race is long, so I think the uh, main thing is to go clear through the first corners and, and yeah, and then we will see. Now, you qualified the car. Um, is it a good qualifying car or has it been set more up for the race? I mean, the race, we'll see if it's good, but... Uh, what we have done in free practice, everything feels very good. So I'm very confident the team has done a good job. So I think uh, the race will be good, yes. Great stuff. Thank you indeed. Oh, fell over someone's bicycle helmet, which is never a good thing. Uh, got a gap on the grid here in position number ooh, 2468. Not quite sure who should be. I haven't got a grid like everyone else. I have no grids. This should be the Edex Sport car. And I can see uh, Paul Lafargue. I'll just for a quick way. Oh, he, Paul, um, where is your car? Uh, in fuel. <laughs> no, in fuel. Uh, Paul, how are you feeling? I understand you had some problems with your back last year. Is that now better? I think he's be- yes, yes, he's better uh, beyond last year. Okay, thanks, Paul. So he'll be uh, waiting for his car to come from fuel. I assume they've had a bit of flexibility given the uh, condensed nature, because normally at this point, with the pit lane closed, the car will be trapped, but they're looking like they expect to land in point eight. Now going past all the Ferraris in the world, including the, uh, the Andrea Montemini car, which is the 47. Andrea, welcome to Coventic. Thank you. Welcome, and, and I'm very happy to be here. 
it must be uh, it must be great for you. Italian car, Italian track, Italian circuit, Italian driver. Exactly. What what we can expect? <laughs> what I know. Um, very happy. I mean, it's very nice uh, championship. Very good. Good looking. I saw the first race and I was there looking in uh, Dubai uh, for the first race. It was very nice, even the, over there. So here it's even better. Obviously, you are a very, very experienced driver, many, many years. How much racing do you do these days? Um, I, I did GT Open Championship last year, so this year I start with this championship and we see for the future. Everything in a Ferrari or different? Always, always, always. Always a Ferrari. That's an Italian for you. Andrea Montemini, who I'm sure I remember being one of the people who used to be on the, uh, the first version of the F1 game on the PS1, uh, often causing uh, backmarker troubles. But that obviously wasn't really him. That was, of course, a avatar. Now we come to the American 85 car. And, uh, oh, I've got a choice. Shall I talk to Charles? Shall I talk to Charles? It's Charles Espin. Now, Charles, um, uh, Long way back, is that a result of the confused morning we had? No, not at all. We, uh, we did one set of tires, we went out and did our laps, and everybody else kept going, and we're fine here. It's a long race, and uh, you know, we'll stick to our strategy. What is your strategy? Calm and cool. Keep it clean. I mean, the key thing is to stay on the same lap as the person in the same class as you. Is, is that really all that matters in the first three hours? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Nathan's over there with his fancy computer and all those magic mind going on and uh, he figures out our strategy and you know obviously it works for us so we're going to keep to it i need to see nathan's magic mind or this boris of it thank you charles uh as we fond the back and now we come to the oh, just over there also the other side because they're slightly out of sync because of the gap they've left for the um uh lafargue uh Adex sport mercedes this is the uh normally the favorite but way back the 91 now in black which causes the uh the well-known Herbert Murdersport um, Porsche, but of course there's now two of them. There's a 91 and a 93. Uh, there's Robert Renauer. Robert, um, quite a long way back in qualifying. What can you do? Hopefully a clear race. Um, yeah, uh, We're still um, trying to improve the car. It's our first race with this car. We tested on Monday and Tuesday and yeah, still have a lot of work to do. How much extra work or how much extra you know, distraction, is it? The fact that you're running two cars here for the first time? Well, it's no extra work. Um, I mean, we have more, now we have more data to look for a good setup, so it's an advantage for us. And yeah, we keep pushing for that and try to be competitive for the next races. Robert, thank you very much. So there you are. That's a positive spin on the whole thing. Uh, here is our friends at uh, Car... Oh, there's the car, 34. Let's have a word with um, Elmer. Now, Elmer... Um, Michello, a favourite, sir? It's better in English. No, it's you. <laughs> favourite track, Elmer? Sorry? One of your favourite tracks? Oh, it's a very nice track. I like it. Yes, thank you. Now, remember last year, it was Navarra, where you had a fantastic performance. You went, well, that's yeah. Elmer, he's amazing. Can you be as good in Mugello as you were in Navarra? Uh, I hope it. We will see it in three hours, perhaps. I don't know. We hope. You obviously have now in the car collection stable the car that won Dubai um, with a you know, top pro team. Does it help having a very fast car that you can learn set up off of? Oh, yes. Uh, um, we, but we have uh, a good team uh, with uh, car collection and Audi. So I think we are uh, very good to do it myself. Thank you indeed. The young Elmer. Now, 
Uh, we are getting a bit of a wobble, wobble, wobble sound, which probably means they want to get rid of us. And uh, due to our late start, we're nowhere near. Should we try and get to the? Should we try and get to the TCE pole? Come on, let's go! I've been training since January. I'm literally the fittest I've ever been, which is still horribly unfit. Uh, I've got a loping gate. We're going past. We're going past Porscheville now. There's about 14 Porsches, all of them. Uh, 911 class cars, uh, the BMW. Oh, look, a GT4 Aston Martin, but we're almost at the second one. Seb's doing much better than me. Seb's got a new camera. It's much heavier, he told me. And let's see if we can get to the pole car, which I assume... Well, uh, unfortunately, they just shut the door. <laughs> that is our pole car in uh, the GTCE class. Uh, we all tie driver lineup, and over the side is the all Danish lineup of the 102 cars. But I think with that, uh, John, we have run for no point, but we have to leave the pit lane. Get your breath back, Nick. Thank you very much, Nick Damon, with another legendary Nick's pit lane paramble. Uh, preamble, should I say, and perambulation, I suppose you could say. Uh, the grid is therefore fi fired up and formed up three hours is on the clock now earlier on when we were talking about a potential for having to finish this race about half past six today um, the the reason that that time was being mentioned was that uh, sunset is 6:37 local time central european time as we are still on at the moment until uh, the early hours of sunday morning uh, when we go forward on the summertime here in Europe. Uh, none of the teams have prepared for nighttime running for this event. So that was the major concern. The teams have been consulted. There was a team managers meeting earlier on today where it was decided that this race could run till 7 o'clock with 18.37 local being sunset. Not too much cloud cover at the moment. It was thought that 7 o'clock Paul Trustwell will be an acceptable time. Hence, we are going to get underway somewhere close to uh, 4 o'clock local time to get the full three hours in tonight. Uh, the way I understand it, the... Um domestic uh, road rules um, for driving a car on the public highway with headlights on is half an hour after sunset. Yeah. So you have until 1907, uh, sorry, seven minutes past seven, otherwise it sounds like a year. Uh, you have until seven minutes past seven to put your headlights on if you were driving on the road. So yes, all these cars have headlights on anyway, and they will no doubt have their headlights on from about six o'clock onwards, I would think. Um, and as you say, the weather is good, um, but it does mean we get three hours of racing tonight, so this afternoon uh, and into this evening. And I think it's going to be cracking. You've already talked about the, the difficult strategy calls that have to be made. In effect, you've got a safety car, which is going to come out at, uh, at, at the intervention, um, bring everybody to a halt uh, and then get going again. So whatever fuel you've got on board, when you finish this race, you have to uh, restart with the same amount of fuel in the second part of the race whatever tires you've got on the car you have to keep those on the car everything has to remain the same you're allowed to take the driver out and send him home for some sleep uh, you're allowed to change the driver then for the second part but apart from that it all stays very much the same so uh, it is crucial what you do whether you refuel just before the break or whether you gamble on there being a code 60 just after the break in the beginning of part two and then you might be able to refuel uh, without a great deal of cost at the beginning of the second part of the race Green flag lap underway. The formation laps. There are two formation laps behind the safety car. Uh, and then we'll have this three-hour part underway, John. 
Thank you, Paul. Johnny Palmer is our third voice in the booth. And Hello. Joe Bradley will be our second voice in the pit lane um, when Nick gets his breath back and fights his way out of the pit lane a bit later on in the afternoon. Um, I, I've not been here before. You have. Uh, the characteristics of this track, perhaps not at first sight, easily suited to endurance racing. But in the last couple of days, uh, we've seen with uh, a bit of sunshine and fair wind and drivers working with each other, it actually works rather well around here. Oh, it's a cracking place, yeah. And uh, maybe not renowned for uh, endurance racing, but they used to road race here uh, back in the 1920s. And it's actually only been a closed circuit since early 70s, so yep. a relatively young track in that respect. The fifth 12 hours of the uh, Creventic Championship, there wasn't one last year, but I think I've worked out that this will be my fourth of the five, so I've almost done the full complement. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the different nuances for the various categories is going to be interesting for this track because those in the TCE series are stronger around parts of this track than perhaps the GTs are through the twisty stuff. I know TCR car is very strong indeed and actually can sort of cause problems for the GT machines. You need to be able to know where to do the lappery and that will happen reasonably quickly for the GT series leaders because there is a, a split grid. The cars uh, are going to start with a little interval between them. On the grid sheet, it's just shown as a single row, but it'll be a little bit more than that in reality. And always fascinating to see how the GT Series leaders get on for the first few laps. There's going to be proper cut-and-thrust dicing. And the beauty of this split race is that we get two starts to enjoy, of course. Yeah. So one... Uh, do you want Today. to run down the, the early part of the grid at yeah. least and then pick off some of the pole sitters as well as we're on the formation lap? We won't get to do the full grid here, but just for the, the viewer, Johnny, if you don't mind. Yeah, Tim Muller will start the car that was qualified earlier on today by Tom Onslow Cole, which is the SPS automotive performance machine. Tom Onslow Cole and Valentin Pierberg doing very good things in GT Open in recent seasons, and uh, that is with the SPS crew. So... Uh, Tom, well associated with Mercedes AMGs uh, over the last few years, but um, more perhaps associated with Ram Racing when it comes to the Creventic Championship. So good to see him at the wheel of SPS and bringing, bringing Valentin Pierberg with him, who's made strides as uh, the non-pro driver, not very f perhaps uh, far away from becoming gold status. So that car will start from pole position after a 146.8. We had a quick chat to Tom, who didn't provide too many answers as to that 0.7 of a second advantage he had over everybody else. But Christian Frankenhat left it very late in qualifying to stick his car on the front row. And it will be Christian, the Dutchman, to start that car at number 10 from the outside of the front row. Next up in the GT Series, it is Matteo Maliacelli in the Ferrari 488 for the Czech crew. Bohemia Energy racing with Scuderia Praha sharing that number 11 car with his usual teammates, Yuri Pisaric and Josef Kral. So we'll see those guys later on. I would imagine both will have a go behind the wheel today. Marcus Pommer will start the 88 car collection motorsport Audi, which is an A6 Pro entered car. Winners at Dubai when Dimitri Parhofer and Rick Brokers were victorious. They're joined by Marcus Pommer uh, the German who starts the car and Tony Forno, the Spaniard, who weren't part of that winning lineup in the Middle East. Third row, Phil Keane at the wheel of the Barwell Motorsport Lamborghini Huracan. That's the Evo spec 
machine, number 77, alongside the Imperiale Racing Huracan, which is the lighter 2018 spec Huracan with the 5.2-litre uh, V10, uh, basically an Audi engine, but uh, works very nicely in a Lamborghini as well. And it'll be Postiglione to start that car number 32. Oliver Kites of Wachenspiegel Team Monschau, the first of a couple of Ferraris for that German squad. More familiar perhaps to fans of VLN and the 24 hours of Nürburgring. So car number 21, their Ferrari starts from seventh position. They've also got one in ninth place on the grid and sandwiched between them, Dimitri Enschelbert for EDEC Sport Racing and their Mercedes AMG. And completing the top 10, it'll be the number 47 Rinaldi Racing Ferrari of Wolfgang Triller starting from the outside of the fifth row. Let's just give you some of the key runners and riders in the TCE race. Monlau Competition taking pole position in the TCE series race. That's a TCR car, a Cupra with a sequential gearbox and uh, Thai driver Kusiri taking the car to pole position, number 109. So that is Can. Tade Kusiri, who's a former champion in the TCR uh, series of Asia. And that car will start alongside Roy Edland for the Holmgard Motorsport outfit and the Volkswagen Golf. But we've got Cupra, VW, and then a couple of Audis, a nice spread of manufacturers in the TCR part of the race. Second formation lap well underway. In fact, the leaders just working their way now towards the lower point part of the circuit and on approach to the um, Arabiata turns. Now, something to watch out for here is there will be a split start. Remember, these are two separate championships, two effective separate races. Not effective, actual separate races. So the GT classes will be split from the TCE classes and there will be a gap on the circuit as they come to the line. So we will have two starts. By the side of the circuit, a brave marshal with high vis on holding up a sign that says in clear white letters on a blue background grid. So he's a brave bloke. I hope he's got danger money. That means that everybody has to go side by side. And three hours are on the clock. Paul Trustwell, what can we expect in the opening moments? Is it going to be run as a sprint, this? Yeah, this is the difficult thing. Somehow you have to take the racing driver head off at this moment and put on the, don't forget this is an endurance race. What you don't want to be getting involved in is any uh, risky moves, any contact with another car, any running over curves that can damage the splitter. Damage the splitter on the first lap, that's going to live with you for the whole of the race. Even though we have a break after three hours, you can't do anything to the car. So it's going to uh, hurt you for the whole race. So you've got to be oh so careful in these few opening laps where the car are so close together coming up to the green flag now the Ferrari's practically overlapping but uh, Mercedes not quite side by side Matteo Malicelli might sneak into second position here it's a long hold and now finally down this long straight which is over a kilometre in length the GT Series race is underway remember this uh, incorporates all sorts of different classes Malicelli for the race lead I reckon red lights in the background appear for the TCE cars which will be coming out of Buccini corner at any moment for the second race race start but Matteo Malicelli to Scuderia Praha takes the race lead through the first corner and they wound off some rear wing on that car earlier on it did them well in qualifying it's done them even better in the race 
they have had their boost turned down a little bit so they're not making quite as much power maybe 15 horsepower down as they came to the line now the tce category powered by hankook their first european encounter of the year with the Cupra on pole position, then the Golf, then the two Audis sitting in behind. A little bit of a straggly formation in the middle, waiting for the lights to go green as the GT cars stream down to Arabiata for the first time. Now we go green. They go out of our sight for a moment to our right-hand side before they emerge over the top of the brow. And in the pole, Sitter's got a cracking start. Not so good from the outside of the pole. The Volkswagen's going to lose second position. Down the inside goes the car that started in third position. Vincent Rademacher for AC Motorsport. Got a cracking start there. Through the mattresses corner and up to the dry hillock. Sounds much better in Italian. Pochiasecki. But that was a great start by the pole sitter in TCE. And the Golf is still not up to speed, you know there, Johnny. The 115 has come through as well for Bonk Motorsport. So wh which car have we got concerns about? 102, The probably. car that started on the front row. Yeah, OK. Volkswagen Golf of Holmgard Motorsport. It is Roy Edland doing the opening stint for those guy guys. Car 102. And Roy is the AM of that combination. Ah, Mind well. you, the Holmgards are also the AMs. And Benny Simonson, the semi pro but leaders already back over the line and that's the beauty of this split race if you're enjoying this race from the grandstand you don't have to wait too long as you wave goodbye to the TCE series runners the GT cars are immediately back on the main straight the bad news for the GT cars of course though Johnny is that you get caught up in the back market oh, traffic hit. much oh, earlier already oh, it's the 32 Lamborghini and a big shunt into the back of the 88 that was battling for third position for the car collection motorsport car. So Postiglione has hit the back of that car. The Marcus idiot car, very, very hard. Marcus Pommer, he's going to have damage to the right rear. That was a very odd collision because it wasn't actually in a massive braking zone. They head up through Arabiata too. Malicelli and Frankenhut have disappeared from that. The stewards, Johnny, will undoubtedly be looking at that. Just what Paul said at the start of the race, you can't be having these kind of antics. A bit of weaving around. And then, was there a misjudgment there? I'm not sure. But that was a big hit on the left rear by the right front of the 32. Was the 88 of Palmer moving around in the braking Possibly, zone. and he's got a cracking run and he's keeping the steering wheel straight and what are you supposed to do? Get out of the throttle because the guy's weaving in front of you. That's poor driving, I would say, from number 88, Postiglione. Uh, he's the pro in the lineup. The car wasn't qualified brilliantly well, but we knew the Imperiali racing Lamborghini was going to be pretty swift because it's the older spec car, but he's lighter compared to the 2019 uh, Evolution Huracan. And they're still completely together because Marcus Pommer is not quite as quick as a rather rapid Italian behind. And Postiglione is going to have another go here to the first corner I think should about be able to make that move stick this time with Green Huracan ahead of an orange Audi we'll wait and see as he is so into third position now makes that move stick meanwhile a little earlier on Matteo Meliuccelli had a really good getaway on the Richard Meal sponsored uh, Mercedes from pole position and that would remember uh, was started by 
Whom? Timberlake, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, we did talk about that at the time. And so he's dropped out in sixth position. That's why I was struggling to find him. Yeah, Malicelli took his opportunity very well now. He's already into traffic, gentlemen. And Paul Trustwell just shaking his head to the right-hand side there, watching that contact between the third and fourth position cars. Exactly what you don't want to do on these GT3 cars. Affect the aerodynamics, Paul, early on. That wasn't smart driving, really. I understand, not from either of them, I understand Postiglione thought he had a run, but ultimately, it's so early on, you've got to avoid the incident. Both drivers have. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not uh, in a position to allocate blame to either of them, but uh, certainly um, I, I would have been tempted if I was on the car collection team to put uh, Rick, Rick Broikers in the car at the start of the race, um, who's only a semi-pro as well, um, but Marcus Palmer, who's also the semi-pro, there's not actually a pro driver in that car, even though uh, it's running in the pro class. Um, they will be looking for... Um, taking as much of Rick and Marcus Pomber in the car as they can but uh, it, it was one of those situations which was avoidable but also it was a bit inevitable um, you know the, the um, they do especially with the uh, Postiglione uh, Lamborghini he wanted to make up ground as early as he possibly could he's up in the third place now he's ahead of Marcus Pomer. Uh, Phil Keane's in the Bartwell Lamborghini he's just behind there in fourth place um, Malicelli actually put a lead on the rest of the field of one second on the first lap. Since then, he's not been able to extend it anymore, but he did set fastest lap of the race on the second lap of the race in a 1.49.234. I think that's uh, Malicelli's uh, ability to work a cold tyre, whereas the other guys around him maybe don't have that experience, and now they have got tyres up to temperature. Uh, the, well, Malicelli would say the hard done to balance the performance is starting to as Malicelli has to go very wide indeed now through some of the TCE traffic and was virtually off the track dropping down the hill and approaching the Arribiatas that was through the left-hander at Savelli and he now has Christian Frankenhout right on his exhaust pipes they're going to head towards the uh, the incline at Arabiata and now down the hill towards the right and the left at Scarparia and Palagio and Christian Frankenhout is not going to allow the Ferrari to scamper away into the distance and Postiglione in the Imperiale Racing Lamborghini is coming because he is about as quick as the two leaders into the 150s he's gone quicker again in fact the Italian at the end of lap 3 a 150.4 and that gap continuing to grow therefore between the Lamborghini in third and the Audi, slightly lighter Audi now, in fourth position. So early running here in the 24-hour GT and 24-hour TC series powered by Hancock at marvellous Mugello. And the leader, Matteo Malicelli, has pushed away from the field by four and a half seconds and he's carving his way through the traffic Hoffa Racing in second place, Christian Frankenhut. And the leader in TCE is Monlau competition. But the best start, Vincent Rademacher in second place, who's a couple of seconds behind the 109 Cupra that leads. They've got a, bizarrely, they've got a bit of clear air now in the TCE category, Johnny, after that uh, split start and when everyone's gone through. So they can settle into their race. Uh, possibly a little better than they might have expected. Yeah, I, I don't think we should underestimate the efforts of Cantadi Kasuri, though. I mean, he's 
hugely experienced behind the wheel of a TCR car. He might have won his championship in a Volkswagen Golf, but he knows these Seats and he knows these Coopers pretty well. So a 2.6 second lead over Vincent Rademacher, who's obviously no slouch. Um, still loves his Formula Ford festivals at Brands Hatch. He was uh, a key man at Le Mans over the years and also uh, ran what uh, Volvos and Vauxhalls in the British Touring Car Championship as well uh, and that guy the AC Motorsport pilot uh, loves his drives in the TCR Championship but at the moment can't match the speed of the young Thai driver just 25 years old Kusiri for Monlau competition and Bonk Motorsport and Herman Bock in the 115 car is now up to third position in the second of the Audis Stuart Hall's coming through the field in the second of the Monlau competition cars as well. So look out for Stewie, who yes. was pushing the um, outer limits of the track during qualifying. Yes. I think he'd done three times for track limits on the same lap, but uh, he will uh, have wound that back a little bit. You've got to find the limit, and then you know to rein it in slightly. And the Brit will be in amongst that leading gaggle, I think, very shortly. He's only 1.8 seconds off the back of Hermann Bock now, and that's the battle for third position in the TCE series. Mattia Maliuccelli now up to 2.1 seconds as a gap over Christian Frankenhout, so maybe that's the traffic playing uh, slightly better for the Ferrari on the last lap through. And now they're heading towards the Biondetti Chicane, the left, the right, S-bend, and up towards Bucine, which is the final corner on the circuit, turn Love 15. Love this track. So many different types of corners that provide a different challenge to the cars and drivers. Good little battle okay. between uh, Marcus Palmer and Phil Keane, by the way, as well, for fourth position. They're oh. only separated by half a second. That yeah, was I was about to pick up on that, that uh, um, Palmer is uh, going to have used to Lamborghinis crawling all over the back of him, because having <laughs> that uh, Postiglione eventually go by, he's now got Phil Keane uh, trying to go by in the Barwell uh, Lamborghini. So uh, Palmer's having uh, a somewhat tricky time of it uh, at... Um, uh, in the uh, car collection Audi uh, being challenged for that fourth place at the moment by Phil Keane Spot Trustwell along with Johnny Palmer uh, and me John Heindorf in the booth it's Nick Dearman down in the pit lane where the afternoon sunshine is heating up that area it is in sunshine at the moment uh, relatively quiet start other than that coming together from the two GT3 cars the SP6, Nick, and nobody at the moment seemingly worried about any pit action. We have nothing. Nothing at all. Seb and I have walked up and down. It is the <laughs> quietest I can ever remember it. It's a, as you say, it's nice, though, because the sun's out. There's black tarmac. It's reflecting out. We kind of panicked when we saw one of the team managers run out, look at the sun, and run back. So we did, we did stalk car collection for a bit. I think, yeah, it'll come in, 88. We'll get 88. <laughs> no, fine. Everyone's having a lovely time. So, realistically, uh, 40 minutes, someone might come for fuel. Until then, gelato. <laughs> the paddock looking absolutely brilliant here at Mugello with uh, the addition of a new centralised catering facility from Creventnik just upping the ante a little bit more. The trucks look brilliant, all parked up exactly in line. This series really beginning to, well, no, has come of age now. And with 50-plus starters here, I think that underlines the importance of getting things right and building at a pace that's sustainable. That certainly happened. 987, Race Union.
991 Gen 2 Cup car. So that's the, the most recent model leading the 991 cup. Exactly, yes. So, so Felipe Laza at the wheel of that car, running in 16th place overall. Uh, and he's got already, would you believe, 14 seconds of an advantage over the next 991 cup car in the class. So Felipe Laza uh, and that race union Porsche, very effective combination indeed. Michelli at the top of the heap still opening up the gap between himself and Christian Frankenhout but perhaps more impressive is the way that Frankenhout is opening up the gap between himself and uh, Vito Poschiglione so Ferrari Mercedes Lamborghini then the next one up is Marcus Pommer still keeping Phil Keane behind him uh, and in fact he's had a couple of better laps that time round because he's now over a second clear of Phil Keane in the Barwell Lamborghini because uh, the last time you mentioned Johnny it was half a second that gap so um, Marcus Pommer uh, just getting a little bit of daylight between himself and the Barwell Lamborghini. Then the next one up is Joachim Krumbach, who's just got himself in the Wochenspiegel Team Monschau Ferrari, ahead of Tim Muller, who started, remember, from the front row of the grid from pole position in the SPS Automotive Performance Mercedes uh, that Tom Onzo Cole put on pole. But Tim Muller uh, losing places down, down to seventh place. Busy again out of the final corner and now into the first right-hander as well at the hairpin. So the number 88 Audi, which is carrying that rear left damage. Yeah. Uh, doing okay at the moment. They haven't felt the need to have to pit that car. You're not to get a puncture, surely. Well, and I don't want to say just yet that they're not going to. But just actually, behind the left rear wheel. It looks a relatively I, clean brake. And it doesn't seem to have damaged the diffuser, Johnny. And I think that's the crucial thing as far as that is concerned. The Lamborghini has got away with that pretty much unscathed, I think, for Postiglione. It was right front of that. He hasn't even lost the little dive plate on that. So it looked possibly more spectacular to us. That's not it, the Lamborghini that uh, hit no, him. That's, that's, that's the Barwell uh, yeah, car that's, the Barwell that's car. being driven by Phil Keane. And yeah. he's catching now Marcus yes, Pommer I take that for fourth position. Poglioni, though. Green car. I, but I think the key to whether that was damage on the Poglioni Lamborghini, uh, possibly not because Vito is charging on and is virtually now up to Christian Frankenhout. So there's not a great deal of time for the Italian driver who comes from Potenza, which is just up the road from Pompeii. So he is Italian, but uh, in the south of the country, not very far away from Naples, 42 years old. He was a champion in the European Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Uh, championship last year for Imperiali Racing so knows that outfit and they have had success also previously raced in the World Touring Car Championship and for uh, Porsche Carrera Cup Italia so well experienced oh off the, onto the grass there for Marcus Pommer darting around doing that darting around one of the BMWs number 869 that was obviously going about its business and concentrating on a decent lap time in the TCE series part of the race. So, sensing no time to waste, Marcus Pommer, with the 77 of Phil Keane looming large in the mirrors. He's actually built himself a little bit of a gap after that two wheels on the turf moment. Thankfully, it didn't cause a, a wayward spin or half spin. I notice they're not really paying a great deal of attention to the advice about 
not going wide on the entry into Arribiata 2 either because plenty of people kicking up the stones there where a hole and a significant hole appeared at the edge of the track during well during TCE qualifying and actually it meant that the GT series qualifying wasn't able to start until an hour later than originally billed there was there's a quick fix being done uh, part of the drain covers metal grates were, well one piece of it came up yeah, and they I, couldn't fix it and I think it's important to note that it, it's not like a single grate it is the transition from the edge of the kerb onto the green there is effectively a drainage ditch at that point which is covered by a, a long thing metal grate it's about they're probably coming in about eight, eight inch pieces so whatever yeah. that is in centimetres 30, 30 centimetre, maybe a bit more than that. 50 centimetre uh, long sections, and they, they have probably six or eight holes where uh, these very relatively narrow grates can be bolted into the concrete. But if the concrete starts to break away, the bolts don't adhere anymore. Correct. And exactly uh, so. um, Joe Bradley and I were having a word with Manfred from Hankook Tyres a little earlier on during the pause. He said, We've had that before at Hockenheim Ring, and it's particularly prominent after a winter period where you've had the freezing conditions and water gets between the concrete and the metal grate, freezes and actually breaks the concrete up. So these issues can be more seen coming out of a Northern Hemisphere winter more than any other time in the year. And it's very tricky to actually fix that within a kind of two-hour period. Let's hope that the welding job... Is to, the problem is, of course, the track staff won't be able to get down there until it's well dark. I mean, we're going beyond sunset, uh, and they're going to have to get quite a bit of artificial lighting, I think, to make sure that welding job is uh, is professionally done. Yeah, um, or concreting, or whatever it is. I don't think you can concrete. Well, it depends how quick it, quickly it dries. But I think I might be tempted to put in a metal plate instead of the metal grate. Yeah, because you yeah, don't yeah, need it to, to drain completely. The at whole that thing spot. doesn't need to drain. Correct. No. And um, assuming the other pieces of metal grating are relatively firm, then just get a, a, a large-ish piece of metal to bridge the gap and, and weld it in place. That's us telling the track maintenance crews how to do their job. I'm sure they've got a complete idea of what they're going to do later on, but it's probably better to do it in this type of ambient light, as in daylight, rather than nighttime. But anyway, they'll find a way around it. Mercedes AMG on Mercedes AMG and the 85 CP racing car of Charles Espenlaub now getting pretty close to our pole sitting car Tim Muller in number 16 Tim Muller uh, as we po possibly had predicted not going to be showing the same sort of speed as his rapid co-driver Tom Onslow Cole but Tim Muller it's important to find his comfortable pace and just keep ticking off the laps in a consistent way certainly on the ragged edge of adhesion coming out of Poggio Secco that time and into the second combination of S-Benz which is Matarassi and Borgo San Lorenzo and this is providing a nice fight for seventh position between mm. Tim Muller and Charles Espenlaub with Robert Renauer closing in in the first of the Porsches, amazingly enough, and that is ninth place for Robert Renauer. But I wouldn't imagine it's going to be and not too long. And that's three Porsche. Well, that's not a cup clash. He's eight Porsche. seconds back from that yeah. battle. I thought he might be a little closer than that. So still got seven point eight seconds to find. And yes, it is a it is a GT3 R 
as part of the A6 A6 Pro class, or are they? No, they will be A6 Am, probably. Herbert. No, pro. they are a pro car. Her- Herbert are running as pro yes. in the 91. The 93 Herbert car is running as an Am class car. So uh, Herbert have it with a foot in each camp with their two cars. Yeah. Um, basically, it allows Robert Renara to do. Um, more of the driving because Robert is now defined as a pro. Last year, Robert was down as an AM driver, uh, a semi pro. Uh, this year, uh, Robert Renau is down as a full pro. What do the FIA say oh, that Robert know. is? Let's um, just have a look. He's gold. He's gold, yes. So that, that would automatically kind of make him a pro. Or is it a grey area? The, the, there is a grey area. It's, it, the, the default position is that if you're a gold or a platinum, you're a pro. But Creventic can overrule that if they feel that they want to. Uh, Alfred now, by the way, twin brother, is a silver, and I think they've, yeah, in previous they, years they've both been rated uh, as, as silvers. The yeah. second step, if you like, of the four. So, uh, meanwhile, having resolved, my you have issue, um, Matteo Malicelli's lead has crept up to uh, some six seconds, and if anything, it's Vito Postiglioni who's the man on the charge at the moment because he's only now 1.2 seconds behind. Christian Frankenhaus, isn't he? And the battle continuing a bit further down between Tim Buller uh, coming under pressure from Charles Espenlaub. But uh, Robert Renau, as you say, was eight seconds behind. He's now down to six and a half seconds behind. So uh, I suspect that um, Marcus Pommer is uh, just causing a little bit of a um, cork in a bottle effect at the front of the field. GT4 still being led by the Hoffer Racing by Bonk Motorsport BMW M4. Michael Fisher uh, started that car and uh, he is uh, still in the lead of the class. Ahead of uh, the Aston Martin, which is in Nico Verdonk's hands. uh, And that is 10 seconds exactly uh, behind the BMW. I was just talking to uh, the team before the race and... uh, they were saying that they just don't have the pace over a single lap down the straights to uh, keep up with the BMW, but their aim is going to be to wear down the BMW by virtue of their three-driver team as opposed to the five-driver lineup that they've got in the BMW. So now we've got all of the different classes completely and utterly intertwined with the leading TCE runner being the leading TCR and that is the 109 this new Cupra looking in splendid form it is such a good platform these TCR cars very finely matched little Peugeot running again that had a couple of problems earlier oh with a problem with the right hand door glass on that car which isn't glass at all actually it's plexi but that rattling on the at the end of the 1.142 kilometre straight, that's the Dan Agro Racing RCZ Peugeot that leads its class as well. But that is, I would think, going as quick as it goes anywhere on the Creventic calendar at the end of that uh, over one kilometre long straight, Johnny. And A lot that of might teams just be, said that, haven't they? Yeah, it might just be pressing the di- aerodynamics and the seals on that car a little harder than, than usual. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything to worry about because, uh, as you say, plexi glass, I don't think that's the correct uh, term, but uh, it, it is designed to flex, funnily enough. The name is Plexi, Plexi. Ple- yeah, so uh, we've seen rear screens rippling as well at speed. 
and that uh, is perfectly fine as the Ferrari number 21 the Wockenspiegel team Monchau entry again skirting over the repaired section of kerbing on the approach to Arabiata 2 so car 21 is the second of the two Wockenspiegel team Monchau cars that's lost some ground since it started Oliver Kites doing the opening stint they qualified 7th and ninth. And from ninth position, that car is now in 13th position. Whereas the other car, driven by Jochen Krumbach, up into the top six now. And only five seconds off, uh, Phil Keane. But Krumbach uh, uh, must have just overtaken Tim Muller, I reckon. Uh, a couple of laps ago, I think, uh, that happened. But certainly uh, in the very recent uh, recent past. So that means a gap of 0.4. No, sorry, Muller to Espenlaub is the point four. And uh, it's five seconds between Krumbach and then the number 16 car. As if by magic, message coming up on the screen, a reminder to keep clear on the outside curve between turns eight and nine. Uh, and another uh, message on the screen from Race Control, incident between cars 32 and 88. That was the uh, battle that was going on between Postiglione and Marcus Pommer that we saw with the contact. No further action. Like? So it has been investigated, no further action to Can be taken. I really like the fact that Race Control sends that down because we expect that to be looked at. Sometimes we get messages it's being looked at and then we don't hear anything else. So that's uh, great stuff from not only our race directors, but also from our timing, timing partners as well to get that on the screen. Of course, you could follow along at www.24hseries.com. Links to all of the timing pages. In fact, you can have more than we have in the studio because... Whilst Paul has slightly more software than put Apollo on the moon, um, in fact, actually a lot more computing power than that. I think your phone has more computing well, that's, power. Yeah, you're, probably, you're probably right, actually. But Paul has a mini version, a slightly shrunk in the wash version of the data centre with him. Um, it's a bit like the International Rescue Thunderbirds mobile control centre that Scott Tracy used to bundle out of Thunderbird 1. It's just sort of pops up and he's sitting there behind that Johnny and I have one timing screen and one screen of pictures and a view of the front straight which is actually rather splendid and a nice view of Corin Chow as well I've always liked the view that we get of the hairpin uh, top right of our vision, you can see the cars coming through the downhill hairpin which sends them to the back of the tribune and on towards the Biondetti chicane. Just imagine though if our commentary box was on the top of the stand opposite us with glass both sides. I have suggested that in previous yeah. years and you have one commentator facing one way and one the other peering down at uh, well the main straight but you could yeah. also see if uh, you were on, on towards Podgiosenko. Yeah exactly you'd be able to see all the way up the hill or just stick us up over the top of Podgiosenko uh, on the, oh, in the, the car park there. In the car park there. Ideal. Very you happy can, with that. You can pretty much see every corner. Yeah. Uh, apart from turn one, and that's fine because they appear into sight at turn two. You can two see the braking area for turn away. one. You just yes, couldn't you see the, the first apex. Yes. It, we, I, I, I was stunned by the sight lines here. I, and wherever you are in, certainly in Europe, this has got to be on your bucket list if you haven't been here. We've got a smattering of spectators up in the in the stands. It's actually free entry here. So if you're within half a day or a day's drive, well, actually half a day's drive now of Mugello and you fancy a day out tomorrow first of all the roads around here are extraordinary the scenery is breathtaking the racing is going to be awesome tomorrow and we've got nine more hours of racing tomorrow 
uh, and it's free entry. So come along, uh, stop off somewhere and get some bread, cheese and uh, some sausage or some salami. Beverage of your choice. Make a day of it, I would say. Renau going up alongside Charles Espenlove. Remember we said not position. long ago that gap was six seconds, or eight seconds, then it was six seconds. Uh, he's now going past, so uh, that's a change of position. Robert Renara in the number 91 Porsche moving up into eighth place ahead of Charles Espenlove, uh, who's pushed back to ninth. Uh, and also another position change which might happen very soon. Uh, Vito Postiglioni in the Imperiale Lamborghini uh, in number 32 is right behind Christian Frankenhout. Uh, and that's going to be a battle for second place now. Um, so look out for that. Postiglioni in number 32. Yeah, it's 0.3 of a second when they last came past us. Um, need to look out of the window to watch that uh, gap because Postiglioni putting the pressure on. Nearly half an hour of the race gone wow. now. Um, <laughs> only another 11 and a half to go. Um, and but only two and a half tonight, and, and already people will be asking, yeah, particularly in the GT3 cars, this has been full throttle racing here, Paul, and they'll, they'll be asking the drivers for the, the fuel numbers on their steering wheel. Yes, um, they will, and they'll also be uh, counting down from three hours. Uh, I don't want to say anything about the Code 60 flags, but uh, the strategists have no option. They have to assume that we're going to stay green because if you make any other assumption, you're going to get caught out or you could get caught out. Um, so there goes the uh, second and third place battle across the line now. Yes, the green Lamborghini then right on the tail uh, of uh, Christian Frankenhout, putting the pressure on the Mercedes. So Mercedes at the moment just holding Postiglione off, but the Lamborghini perhaps having been driven a little bit uh, conservatively after its uh, earlier uh, coming together with Marcus Pommer is uh, now putting the pressure onto the Mercedes for second place. And just looking down to where Phil Keane is. Now that uh, he has a comfortable margin over Jochen Krumbach. Uh, Oli Kynes, you mentioned a couple of laps ago, Johnny. Yes. Uh, losing places. He's 12th now, just going through now. Is he still in 12th? Yes, he is. Well, he was 13th, so that's one back, but he started 9th from yes. memory. That's right, yes. He's got a place back so uh, a on that last lap from the uh, other Rinaldi racing car, the uh, number 40. Eight car currently in the hands of Martin Berry. Uh, Rory Pentonen. It's Pentonen, is it? Sorry. Yes. yes. Car 48. Yeah. Uh, so that is the Finn at the wheel of the German, although, although very Italian sounding, Rinaldi Racing. And the another 488. I have a feeling we didn't have any 488s in Dubai. So it's nice to have about yes. five of them. Six here. Six here, in fact, uh, in, in this race, making up for lost time. Mm. Yeah, because Scuderia Praha weren't in the Middle East. And they, very often in Creventic uh, races, being the only, uh, the only Ferrari entrant. Yes. So two from Ockenspiegel, Team Monchau, uh, and three from Rinaldi Racing. The gap in the TCE race continues to grow with Kusiri from online competition uh, opening that gap up to 5.6 seconds now over Vincent Rademacher who doesn't seem to have any response just yet to the pace uh, that uh, that will yin and yang of course for the full 12 hours so car 109 is a Cupra car 188 second in that race an Audi and there are two RS3 LMSs in fact 
second and third and the gap between those is now up to 12 seconds a four second gap back to Stuart Hall who's just chipping away steadily given the first stint to try and keep that number 107 car in the hunt and drawing ever closer then to the trio out front Vortex that looks very much like a Sirocco with a Sirocco silhouette body heading down towards uh, Arabiata 1 and around the outside goes the all-green Lamborghini of Vito Postiglioni. And was that Postiglioni ahead of Christian Frankenhaus? Yes, yes. I think he's got he's ahead. 32 now ahead of number 10. I didn't see the overtake. Sandwich between them is 188. So that's Vincent Rademacher, second in the TCE race. It's all happening there. Out of Palacio and on towards Colin Chow. I think what happened was that uh, Postiglioni was just able to use the traffic a bit more effectively. And Frankenhout, uh, as always with the Hoffer racing car, driving conservatively and uh, just decided not to have an accident. And uh, Postiglioni uh, obviously wanting to make up for lost time. Frankenhout hasn't given up the place completely, though, and is now right on the tail uh, of Postiglioni again. I don't think he ever gives up a place, does he? Christian uh, Frankenhout somehow. not, don't quite. Um, He's a huge fan of his. Yeah. And, uh, I think thought he'd unearthed a bit of talent, but of course those working at uh, Crevencic races over the last five years, I've always known he's a superstar. He's never quite been picked up by any of the factory teams, but has deserved it, I would say, over the years, and is now shadowing the Lamborghini Huracan in second place. Of course, don't forget that the Mercedes, the Hoffa racing car, running as an AM car, so over the course of the 12 hours, they are going to lose ground when the slower drivers are at the wheel, so uh, no point in uh, Frankenhout uh, being too heroic about matters. Paul, will you just remind everybody what the difference is between the uh, specification... Uh, in terms of the regulations in, of, uh, of Pro and Arm? In terms of the car, there is no difference at all. The cars are identical. Um, as far as the driver lineups are concerned, in a Pro-class car, you can have two Pro drivers, whereas in an A6, uh, well, sorry, in an AM-class car, you have a maximum of one Pro driver. Um, is there the, any advantage on fuel or weight? There, there is, um, and I'll come on to that. Right. <laughs> The second difference is in terms of the amount of drive time that you can have. In an A6 AM class car, the pro driver has a maximum of four hours. In an A6 pro class car, you can do six hours. Um, and the AM drivers have to do a minimum of six hours in the AM class. On top the of AM, that... The AM drivers combined. The, all the AM drivers combined, that's so right. So it doesn't matter whether you have two, three AM drivers, six hours is the minimum that they have to do. Together, yes. Yes, that's when, right. you add, when you add them up all together. Right, got that. So that's half the race, effectively. That's easy to work out. And then in terms of the uh, weight of the car, the A6 uh, AM class cars are, once I find the right page in the uh, regulations, 25, 25 kilograms yeah. from memory. Uh, sorry, 30 kilograms. The... AM class cars are lighter unless they're running to the BOP advantage when they have a further 50 kilos of an advantage. Wow, 75, so, that, so that could be 80 kilos difference. That could be 80 kilos difference between a full pro and an AM advantage car. Wow, that's a big difference. That's, that's a weight of a driver. I mean, that's the weight of a driver. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, Peter Fry is going. I've asked him the question. He hasn't yet given me the answer. Uh, 
if anybody is actually running in the A6M Advantage category. Um, the difficulty with the A6M Advantage car is that you're uh, not allowed to have a pro driver at, at all, all on the driving strength. Yeah. I like that idea, though, if you've got some decent uh, silver drivers. Because you can have... So you, but you can have semi-pro. You can have a semi-pro, yes. Yeah. Uh, and indeed, if you look, for example, at the... Uh, 88 car collection car that doesn't have a pro driver on board uh, although it does have Rick Broikers and uh, on this list Rick is shown as a semi-pro which actually surprised me because I think he should be a, a pro by now but uh, anyway I think this will be the last season he gets that uh, <laughs> exactly category so. might as well make the most of it the number 33 sits in second position for uh, Postiglioni on home ground here in Italy Imperiale racing with Hurricane uh, now uh, is that the is that the 19? No, that's that's the 18 car, isn't it? The uh, Imperiali machine. And uh, he was Imperiali is number 32. Yes, that's an 18 car. It's oh, 2018. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the it's the Barwell car that's the 2019 it's the new one, car. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Simon Reichner is behind the wheel of that 33 car that's uh, sitting a little bit further down. Simon's in the 13th position, but he uh, he is fourth in the A6M class in the Audi. Uh, Nick Dearman has been looking looking at his Tudor watch because uh, he's not had much to do, poor lad. Uh, this is definitely the longest we've ever gone without a pit call at the start of the race. Someone has a problem, someone breaks down, someone has a crash, someone makes a mistake going 38 minutes no one nothing oh oh hang on someone's setting up see you in a second pull down that ice cream there you go pull down the visor I thought you were going to say uh, Dimitri Enschelbert has now got ahead of Tim Muller in fact Muller loses two places on that lap because Max Edelhoff very much part of the battle for ninth position and Tim Muller is going to come in for fuel now he'd already lost the places I think by that uh, by the point he needed to pit or wanted to pit and car 16 the pole sitting SPS Automotive Performance Mercedes yeah, Muller's is in, in. Muller's and in. the first of the stoppers and Nick Dearman dances a little jig of joy <laughs> that he and Sebastian our, our cameraman down there. It's a good job you can't hear what he's saying to me. But it's, it, it, it's an interesting point that Nick makes as to how long we've been uh, without, uh, without a pit stop because uh, with a 55 car entry, was it? Or 55 uh, cars, actually, 54 cars started, of course, because we lost the number four Mercedes uh, after that free practice shunt this morning. Uh, but 54 cars in the field, uh, and we got 38 minutes through the race before we even had a single pit stopper um, so we'll hope that that uh, degree of reliability continues and presumably uh, the SPS Automotive Performance team will be doing a driver change at this point uh, I would have a guess Nick Dearman could probably update us on that Nick yeah there's no driver waiting unfortunately there are dolly jacks oh. so our pole sitter um appears to have hit problems there. They have got fresh tyres, but they're now not laid out in the four corners. They've just bought out dolly chucks. There is no suited and booted other driver. Oh dear. So that's the car that was qualified so well by Tom Onslow Cole, who was the 
joint Pro-Am champion last year with teammate Valentin, Valentin Pierberg, who he's racing with uh, this weekend. I hadn't realised the fight for International GT Open in Pro-Am last year was so tight because two crews finished on the same points. So actually Onslow Cole and Pierberg won it on countback of number of victories. Uh, they had a great season in 2018 and have brought it to the Creventic Championship with the SPS crew, but that is far from the ideal start. It's all about staying on the lead lap, and I don't think they are going to, without uh, an hour complete yet for Friday. You can still come back from yeah. this, because it's 12 hours after Hard all, though. but it's tough. It's hard nowadays with the... Uh, oh, yes, they've been off. The car's been off on the right-hand side, and he has broken the front right end. It's uh, it's got looks that the if Seb can give you the front, um, the suspension's gone on the front right, but it's uh, a lot of scuffing there. Now is that that's the barrier, isn't it? That's tyre. So I'm afraid that um, Tim has been off and collected some gravel and skidded across and clunked the actual steering arm. So unless he was helped off, this is an, an error. So let's have a look at the back of the car. The back of the car is also scraped down. Yeah, this is definitely a, uh, a run down the barrier. Unfortunately, he's clipped the front in doing that. Uh, the rest of the rear is absolutely clean. So he has gone off wide, skidded across the gravel, it appears, and then bounced against the barriers. And the problem is, Nick, thank you for that. Keep an eye on that, please. That the front wheels are cambered out at the bottom, so they are the most likely to catch anything. The rear wheels tend to be tucked slightly more under the arches. Uh, and that, that looked very much to me as though a wishbone or perhaps something even uh, more fundamental at the back of that car interesting. had gone a bit awry. Interesting, though, to just that car, looking me. at the lap times from that car, the SPS Automotive Mercedes, uh, there's no lap time that sticks out as having lost any particular time. So um, I think it, it was Tom earlier on who was saying uh, that there isn't much uh, grey between the track and the you know, you get straight into a bit of grass and then straight onto the wall. So uh, Tim didn't really lose very much time. Obviously, he's losing time now in the pits. But on whatever caused that damage, was able to bounce off the barrier and keep going. It's Paul Trustwell, Johnny Palmer and John Hindhoff in the booth. Nick Damon now excited because he's had someone in the pit lane. As Ferrari there. 21, yes. Oliver Kainz in the 21 Ferrari. The Vokic Beagle team, Monchard, two of the WTM cars... Uh, in the race, they're eschewing the opportunity to race in VLN. Haven't been too happy with one or two detail changes there. A few teams who expressed their dissatisfaction, but the WTM squad have kept their head above the parapet and have walked away from that championship. However, they wanted to stay being covered by Radio Show Limited, so they've come to Creventic. Ollie Kites is, uh, again, the cork in the bottle, isn't he? Because, yes, he is. Uh, right behind him, he's got Simon Reicher at the wheel of the car collection Audi, number 33. And then behind that is Rory Penton in, in the Rinaldi Ferrari 48. And behind that is another Rinaldi uh, Ferrari, number 47, Wolfgang Triller. Uh, and the whole lot of them are separated by um, not very much indeed, just uh, less than a Ferrari length between all three of them. Now that's 11th on downover. Ollie Kynes in 11th, 11th position. Yes. Yeah. And they've, uh, Ollie inherited that 11th with the pit stop for Tim Muller. So uh, before that 
that he was in uh, 13th got back to 12th um, having got ahead of one of the Rinaldi cars but since then has been dropping away and I just wonder whether that car's carrying some kind of problem because Oli Kainz is not slow and unless they've done something in the setup of that car Well he's just put his headlights on so that'll make it go much quicker (laughs) I was just about to say that the shadows are beginning to lengthen in certain parts of the circuit but nowhere are we into even losing sunshine on most parts of the circuit the sun is uh, beating down still it's a bright but not exactly t-shirt and shorts weather here at Michello but well into the mid to high teens on the Celsius scale getting warmer through the week in fact with uh, top temperatures sitting between 19 and 20 degrees uh, Celsius so uh that's nicely up the Fahrenheit scale. It's the pass for position down into the left-hander at... Uh, now, where was that? Was that turn four, Johnny? Uh, down, heading down the hill towards oh, no. the right and left and then the two Arribiatas. So that was probably turn five, I'm thinking, Borgo San Lorenzo. Matarassi the left, Borgo yeah. San Lorenzo the right, yeah. and then they start to head down to the lowest part of this Mugello circuit. Uh, Felipe Laza also losing a couple of positions on that lap, still leading the 991 class, but uh, Jürgen Herring and Jimmy De Broeke, uh Jürgen Herring in the Herbert Porsche, the other, the 93, the AM class Herbert Porsche, and Jimmy De Broeke in the Speed Lover Porsche, uh, both managing to get past. Um, and another pit caller. Uh, in the shape of the 987. Oh, that is the uh, uh, Felipe Laza. That's why the car's dropped down. It's because Race Union uh, 991 Porsche into the pits. That's car number 987. And, of course, that uh, will not appear straight away in the pit lane because that has gone... It gone to the fueling area first, yeah. yes. 50, 46 minutes of the race elapsed. Felipe Fernandez-Laza racing a... Scuderia Cameron Glickenhaus car just six days ago to some effect as well actually uh, yeah, yeah the 51 car did pretty well um, with Thomas Much and Frank Meyer the other drivers uh, joining Fernandez Laza so won very class. different they won SPX uh, they did there were two cars in it but yes they won the class <laughs> that's what the press release said <laughs> true mind the, uh, the the press release of uh, of the car that came second said we came second and the Glickenhaus came Indeed. one off last <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, hey, there's always a way to spin things. Uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit tomorrow is what we're seeing. And looks like there's more problems for that uh, 987. Thought that might be a bit early. Nick, what's the score? It's a uh, puncture rear left. Uh, that's already been replaced and taken off. Not seeing any sign of contact or damage. So that is a, uh, a tyre that's just gone down. Hopefully, it's just a bit of bad luck or gone on the stone. And it's not gone on the edge of one of those curbs or possibly on that big hole. But that was a sort of driver stayed on board, top up. Uh, he got four new tyres, uh, one of which they took off was very second hand. Yeah, that is a good point about the issue at the exit of the curbs uh, on the effectively the little bit of straight between Arabiata 1 and 2, the infuriating corner. Fantastic name for a corner because there's just enough of a lip there now to catch the inside wall of the tyre. And that might actually be the best news for the circuit, because if people realise that, they'll stay further away from it. Yeah, quite. Um, 
the, the this is where, in a way, you can um, something like that might not be the end of the world because you can no. use the strategy. Uh, the A6 cars all have 120 litre fuel tanks, and they will have been brimmed before the start of the race. Uh, most of them will be limited to putting either 90 or 100 litres in at every pit stop. So you've got a 20 litre cushion, as it were, uh, of fuel that you can play yes. with. So what you may choose to do is to come in a little bit early, put in the maximum amount of fuel that you're allowed to do, um, but get it right up to its 120 litres again. Um, and then you've got a little bit more leeway to play with the race at the end of this first three-hour section. We, we need to remember that that uh, is what ha was happened for that 987 car, which was the leader in class when it came in, because it may allow that car to do something very different at the end of the race. Now, it is still in the GT category, so lost laps... Uh, oh, I've seen GT overall. Yeah. yeah, the GT overall. So yeah. it's still in the GT part of the race. So they've got to be careful about lost laps. But they actually might find themselves in a, n a nice little position later on. And all of their spreadsheets will be being updated, even as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back on its way again, then, after that pit stop. Uh, so how long did that take, Paul? Now, that wasn't a, a full tank of fuel and then what's, because there was a problem. But that gives us an idea of... I, I would reckon... How far are we Two in Two minutes, 49 seconds from pit in to pit out. Two minutes, Does 49. that include the fuel, then? That includes the fuel, yes. Right. So I reckon that's... For one of those cars, that's probably a half to two-thirds of a tank of yeah. fuel. Yeah, I'd say you're looking at about three, three minutes, three minutes, ten seconds for a normal, routine right. uh, pit stop fuel, tyres, and a new driver. Which is a lap and a half, isn't it? Yes. Probably a little bit more than that. It is about a lap and a half for the GT3 cars, yeah. for the SP6 cars. The Lamborghini number 77 in the hands of Phil Keane. Fabulous Phil for Barwell Motorsport. Uh, Mark Lemmer, who runs Barwell and has done for some years, what a character he is. He's going to be doing a bit of racing again this year. Uh, prepping at the moment a lovely classic former broad speed escort to do some classic running in it's that's a quick old thing with the bdg ford engine in it can't wait to see that car out on the circuit lemsky as he's known by everybody um i think we should be calling him lemoncello this weekend because he's he's gone all mediterranean and european on us he's he's got the he's got the little scarf wrapped round his neck and the sort of tied go goatee beard he's gone for the goatee beard and a, and a bright green Lamborghini so we can see it he yeah. said especially for us Marco Lemoncelli I think we should be calling him this weekend yeah but that's the Amstutz livery isn't it I, I remember yes. Mauro Calamia driving that Lamborghini yeah, in the past as well what Calamia 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 what a great name uh, now this is a battle for position on track Porsche of Herbeth, uh, the Brecourt Herbeth car, uh, no longer a boring white Porsche, now grey and maroon, as, oh, it looked like the 17 was diving into the pits there, Engineer Bear, yes he was, the Edex Sport Racing car, they were battling for 8th and 9th position, uh, no, somebody stood out, sorry, I thought I saw him diving to the inside there, the Aston Martin, the new Vantage, which did very well earlier on. A second in GT4 at the moment with Nico Verdonk behind the wheel. The leading GT4 is the BMW M4, the Hoffer Racing by Bonk Motorsports, the number 50 car in 26th position. So for a moment there, there was a little battle with that 91 and the 17, the Porsche 
91 and the 17 Edeka. And the battle between Postiglione and Christian Frankenau isn't over yet either because I thought uh, uh, Frankenau had kind of capitulated and let the Lamborghini go through. Uh, but Frankenau, when they crossed the line at the end of that last lap, was uh, only a little over a quarter of a second behind the Lamborghini. So uh, look out for that. Okay, they are in different subcategories within A6, A6M and A6 Pro. But Franken out right on the tail of the number 32 Imperiali Racing Lamborghini coming up yeah. across the line any minute now, those two. Yeah, but that's the A6M leader against yeah, second place overall, isn't it? So, yes. you know, there's no doubt at this stage of the game the Hoffa guys will be looking at overall position meanwhile this battle carries on at the bottom end of the top 10 in SP6 Porsche versus AMG GT two very different philosophies of cars Porsche the very classic 911 rear engine mounted right out over the back axle it's the latest version of that classic configuration front engine V8 on the Mercedes, of course, which is very much their tradition as well. And I do think Mercedes have absolutely nailed it, Johnny, in how these GT cars have looked since they visited their back catalogue a little bit. Now, someone's been off on the far side of the track. Someone is off on the far side of the track to TCR Golf, I think. Which yeah, is only say that. one of them, isn't uh, there? I think, no, there's more than one Golf. Uh, there's three, in fact. Um, but the Lestrup racing car hasn't yet gone through. I oh, know it's still early on in the lap for that machine. I'm not still fully convinced it was a Golf. It was definitely a TCR car for you my think? money. Okay. Yeah. Possibly. And it wasn't an Audi. No, I don't think it was an Audi because it had a hatchback, not a not a boot on it. Okay. The, the roof line just wasn't quite right for was that. Was it? Was it out of Arabiata corner? Yes, it was out of. So it's somewhere in the nine. middle sector, I'm looking out for a car that uh, hasn't appeared yet. a heck yet. of a lot of dust. The great thing about uh, timing uh, system provided by timeservice.nl is that as soon as a car goes missing, we tend to get a question mark next to it. So mm. it shouldn't take too long before we can identify that machine. Top three cross the line with the second and third less than a second apart now. And then fourth and fifth are less than a second apart as well as Phil Keane has caught the, caught the car collection Audi. And the leader picking its way through cars at the back of its own class now in, in, in terms of SP6 runners. Or A6 uh, runners, excuse me. I'm still in VLN mode for a moment. Oh, guys, there's a lot of guys running out wide. And the entrance to Arabiata too. Well, whichever car it was that went off on the exit of Arabiata 2, Johnny, it's continued. Might have been the Vortex V8. Oh, which, yeah, OK. No. Which, which took a, a minute and one second to go through the final sector. I'll give you that, because that has that shape at the back. So that, yes. But also... Oh, are you going to give me a choice now? <laughs> well, also, the BMW E46 from WEC Motorsport had a rather slow sector as well, unless they got tangled yeah, up together. Well, if there was a yellow flag as well, they'd have slowed down to go through the sector with a yellow That's flag. That's a very good point. It uh, might be neither of them. Although, whether they will have done or not is another, quite another matter. True. Um, just checking down on the two, the lap chart. 13 
cars on the lead lap at the moment. 13 uh, remain on the lead lap and with less than an hour of the race gone, 55 minutes of the race gone, uh, our third pit caller comes in the shape of the number 47 Rinaldi Ferrari. Uh, that's the car which was started by Wolfgang Triller and uh, he brings the car into the pits. Synchro Motorsport Honda, Honda Civic, and that car is not up at speed, I don't think, sitting in 17th position uh, at the moment in its division, uh, which will put it where in class? Second in class. Is that being leaned on quite enough? Doesn't seem to be revving, if I'm honest. It's Alan James behind the wheel. He's a sharp driver. Mm. Love that dark red and black livery. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, last lap time was what? Uh, 2 or 4. No, 2.08 and he's best at 2. No, he's all right. He's all right. Maybe lost a little bit of time when he was being lapped, but that, that's fine. Second place in A3 for yes, correct. Alan. And... 25 and a bit seconds off the back of uh, Rennie Rasmussen in the Dan Agro Racing Peugeot RCZ, which was in strife a couple of occasions today. Once at the end of free practice, once at the beginning of qualifying, but yeah. it's leading its class now. So they've, uh, well, so far had all their mistakes in sessions that kind of don't matter, don't count towards the race result anyway. No, indeed. And, um, you know, 25 second lead is pretty decent after barely an hour's running. It's almost that in the GT race, by the way, between Mattia Malicelli for Scuderia Praha and Christian Frankenhout for Hoffa Racing. That is an A6 Pro A6 Am battle, so we'll develop into a larger gap uh, as we get properly into the swing of this race, but it's about 21 seconds. Can you still remember uh, Malicelli's very demotivated voice when he spoke to uh, uh, Nick earlier on today? Yes. Oh, we have no power, they have given us more restrictor. Uh, and, I mean, give him the green light, check the uh, start of the race, straight into the lead at turn one, uh, and he hasn't been uh, headed. All he's done is to just get further and further away at the head of the field. Uh, Postiglione in for fuel... Uh, Wolfgang Triller in the Rinaldi Racing number 47 in for fuel. That's more of the sort of time, Paul, coming up yeah. to an hour that I would have expected for and the uh, A6 runners. Yes, yes. and also they'll, they will run an hour and ten on 120 litres, but after an hour, then they'll get enough fuel in to make it worthwhile coming in. And of course, and that takes the driver to two hours. And it makes it nice and easy to go for your two hours. It also makes it, uh, if they want to double stint the tyre, they could. Uh, or, um, say, they get to the fuel when there's no queue for the, uh, for the fuel tanks. The advantage about leaving it until an hour and ten is that if you would have had a code 60, then um, the people who have come in after an hour uh, get caught out because everybody else can come in under a code 60 situation, which would be better. Pit lane doesn't close, just to stress, when we have a code 60, if we have a code 60. Yeah, that, that is a, that is a very good point. Uh, it might be worth double studying your tyres now, putting a, a new set of, of uh, a new set of handcuffs on at now the, what would be the... Finish. 
Well, no, I was... I, I, double, double stint them early. Depends whether you're going to change your tyres and then you could double stint the, the, take, the ones tomorrow. I would say take them off now yeah. and then see how warm they are and then leave the set that you put on to the end of the race. That, that's a good idea. Uh, Nick Damon is watching the Imperiali Racing Lamborghini Huracan. This is the 2018 version. Nick, that looks fairly standard, but the car's down and it's not moving. Uh, they are having a bit of a, uh, a wobble about getting the uh, white suited driver in. Uh, Stigoni has got out. We had the one, two, three, which of course is Johnny's favourite. It's the uh, tip-tap top car sport car up on uh, Jack's getting new uh, front wheels. Takes a bit longer with the uh, five nut studs. These are the first of the real pit stops. That's the 32, the one, two, three, and also the 47. That's the noise of a Lamborghini Nick. leaving. The 47, of course, being the Rinaldi Ferrari. And Nick, you've has got Wolfgang Triller. And Nick, you've got the top four, top five, all in the pit lane now on the next lap and, around. And the irony is, I'm now passing over to Joe. Of course you are. That's how it works. See you later, guys. All right, thanks, Nick. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.